they figure out how uh, Aldrea can use Cassie Cassie's mouth, basically. Like, Aldrea learns how to speak um, so that she can say, uh, say things just directly without having Cassie to be go-between. Um, and uh, Aldrea picks it up very quickly. Um, and she basically is like, look, I said that I would do anything to help my great granddaughter, but I'm not fucking helping the Arn. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck you. Um, and, uh, Toby cuts in and is like, that's true, but there isn't really another way. And we, we, we do need to weaken the Yerks. I actually, I really like this little speech from to from Toby. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just read it. Um, you're asking me to help you use the hork again. Every time one of your new hork kills a, a Yerk, he will also be killing one of his own kind, Aldrea asked. You brought me back to help hork kill hork -Bajir? What you say is true, great-grandmother, Toby said, but there is no other way. Few of our people survived the Andalite virus, only those who had already been taken off-world by the Yerks, and those few with natural immunity like you and my great-grandfather, which is some bullshit. Um, we could grow again, take back our world, but not until we weaken the Yerks. Toby stepped up in front of me and leaned down so she could look into my eyes. No, into Aldrea's eyes, because I might just as well have not been there. Let me accompany you to our planet. We can start again, continue the work you and Dakami began, Toby pleaded. I felt another stab of grief from Aldrea when Toby said Dak's name. Then I felt her push that grief aside. You are a seer, Toby, but you are also young. You don't know what this Arn, this Andalite, and even, I suspect, these humans intend. Even well-armed, do you think the few hork that this creature, this Arn, this manipulator, this liar from a race of liars, this coward from a race of cowards? She stabbed my finger towards the Arn. I felt my face twist into an expression of fury. She regained control over her emotions, but now adrenaline was flooding my system. She had triggered the classic human physiological response to stress. And with that hormone rush, my own fear and anger grew. Hork-Bajir, kill Hork-Bajir, and who will profit, Aldrea demanded. All the enemies of the Yerks will profit, Jake said. Toby nodded and said, True, great-grandmother, it would be a sideshow. It would only be a distraction from the Yerks. Many Hork-Bajir would die, and yet we must fight. Aldrea spread my hands wide. Why? Because we are a free- We must be a free people, great-grandmother. So far, our freedom here, in this valley, on this planet, has been bought and paid for by these humans, our friends. But freedom can't be given. It must be taken and held and defended. Our freedom has to be our own creation. I felt again some measure of Aldrea's sadness. Every word from Toby's mouth reminded her of Dak. Brave talk, Toby. You may reconsider when you see the bodies piled high. Your great-grandfather did. No one said anything. The decision was Aldrea's. Had to be hers. We go. But I warn you, Arn, you will not betray the hork and live. Now, let us go home. And just like, I love Toby so fucking much. She's such a good character. I love her so much. But the way the... Aldrea was just talking to her. This is what I was talking about when I said about Aldrea mm -hmm. hasn't changed uh -huh. as a person. She still thinks she's the smartest in the room. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, you're a seer, but you're a baby. Yes. I have been through this. I know better. You will see. And it's sort of like... And Topia is very good at being respectful. Because mm-hmm. my ass would have been like, you <laughs> fucking know me. Uh-huh. What gives you the right to talk to me like that? Mm-hmm. But I do love Toby just being like, you can't be given freedom. That line is just, oh. Mm. Yeah. It's so good. You have to take it and keep it. For, you have to protect it. And the idea that it's an ongoing thing, not a thing you just get once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. Uh and I like I hear in Toby speaking, like I hear some of it that must have come from like her dealings with the Animorphs, right? Mm-hmm. But this this idea of the freedom that must be taken and held and defended, and the freedom has to be their own creation, like that could only have come from her parents. And hmm. like when when she talks about it being a sideshow and a necessary sacrifice, that's I I hear her emulating Jake. Yeah. Right? One hundred percent. But when she talks about how this is a victory that the Hork Bajir must have. Like, the the, the Hork Bajir have to take their own freedom and hold on to it. Because she recognizes that if if freedom is only given to them by other people, they'll never actually be free. It's also that thing of, like, oh, if you're just given freedom then maybe you wouldn't fight as hard to not have it to not lose it again maybe yeah whereas like that that thought's just occurring to me like not you value value is a horrible way of putting it but like Mm -hmm. if you've fought for something and you've put if you've put something of yourself into doing a task it means more to you Mm -hmm. i think yeah it's and like you there's absolutely uh something here about like the hork are always fighting like every moment of their existence mm. under the yurks is fighting um yeah I, th- I think the point that i'm trying to make is like if they don't seize it themselves other people will use it as leverage over them mm-hmm like oh we but we we gave you your freedom yeah but like that's not how it works contingent on anybody else if they've done it themselves then they owe nobody they owe it to nobody else they're not beholden to anybody else it's about agency isn't it yeah like no i took this this is mine Mm -hmm. you didn't give this to me i did it yes so you don't get to hold this over me Mm -hmm. i think there's um something just reading a lot about like the shitty state of laws being passed around the world right now and the agency trying to be stripped away from children mm-hmm. and the way uh people who don't follow Anna Mardol, uh a writer mm-hmm. um, 
Incre- incredible staff. Um, do I've forgotten their pronouns? I think it might be he they. My apologies, Animadol, if you are listening. But talking about the way the paternalistic view, especially evangelical Christians, have of their children, mm-hmm. which is like, no, you are mine. Looks like Zizer he him. Thank you very much. Um, and the way the aunt talk about the Hortbegier and and also the way Aldrea is talking about them here, just like, my children, my great-granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like, people, some people have children for the worst fucking reasons because they want somebody to control because they want a miniature version of themselves and they don't want their children to have agency. Mm-hmm. And these kids have to fight. And I'm just very mad about the treatment of trans children by the world right now. Yeah. Um, but this fighting for them. But it's about that. Yeah. It, it, these parents who say, oh, well, I raised you. You owe me this. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought you into this world. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So Toby talking about, now I was born free. And I will fight for the freedom of my people. And we will give that to us. That we will do this. Because mm-hmm. while we have this tiny thing given to us by the animal, like our friends helped us. And she does call the animals friends. Mm-hmm. But it's also, she had that understanding that it won't mean as much. And they aren't truly free until they've done it on their terms. Yeah. Which makes the fact that they're off like, yeah, no, nah, what do you, you think we just sit here? Nah, you're going to rescue it all. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. You think we just sit around all day? <laughs> nah. Got a people to free. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's very good. I love what we see of Toby. I love her. I love her as a leader of the Hork-Bajir because she the- she has so much love and respect for her people. It occurs to me on reading this and us chatting now, uh, there's some big Moses vibes, isn't there? Like clearly intentional. Yeah. I assume intentional. But yeah, there are. she's the one with like this knowledge. She had it granted not granted by divinity, but it's like mm-hmm. and she is there to lead her people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very good. Now it I just want to watch the Prince of Egypt again. um and then right on the back of that we get just the fucking worst thing from axe uh (laughs) because aldrea's like let's go home and and axe is like oh well she calls the hokbajir home world her home um and aldrea looks at him is like why is there an andalite here and kais is like he's our friend um, and she's like, my people were friends to the hork too. Um, and look what the, look, look what the fuck they did to the hork Um, and this human Cassie tells me you are a friend, Andalite. I warned her about Andalite friends. Did you warn her about Andalite Nothlets, daughters of Ciro who pretend to be hork Which is just like, fuck, X. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, I am hork And Axe says, fuck, I hate this. No, 
The hork are like Jera and Ket and the rest. You could perhaps consider yourself the equivalent of a hork seer, but your intelligence is not the result of a genetic fluctuation. I do not know you, Aldrea Iskilian Falan, but I know of you. You are highly intelligent, emotionally self-controlled, capable of lying and manipulation for your own ends. You are also fundamentally peaceful, moral, courageous, and capable of self-sacrifice. You are, in short, an Andalite, not a hork Which, like, holy fuck, Axe. Mm-hmm. In, mm, hmm, in calling her all of those things and saying, no, you're an Andalite, not a hork you are putting all of those things in opposition to what the hork are. Mm-hmm. And, like, what the actual fuck? I'm so mad. <laughs> and the thing is, what's frustrating, what's especially, fr- like, said, like, drawing a line under all of that bullshit that he just came out with, like, implying that all these traits are only possible in Andalites. Um, to which case, Rachel does immediately call him out as friendly mm-hmm. as possible. Um, in actually quite a mature way for Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he wasn't like shitting on the fucking Hawkbajir in the process of this, I think he has a point. Because she is like, yes, she lived amongst the Hawkbajir as a Hawkbajir, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like, white privilege. It's just, yes. it, I can't, it's like that. She's like, you're still white. Yes. You still have. Like, he calls it, like, Andalite intelligence and all this, but it's also like, you can say all you want that you are different. This doesn't stop where you came from. Mm-hmm. And just, like, not being racist is an active process we have to do every day, especially mm-hmm. as white people, to, like, acknowledge and be aware of and actively take steps to not be. Mm-hmm. Aldrea has this arrogant, and I, I was flippant earlier about the, oh, I went and did Doctors Without Borders. Yeah. She feels like she is, and she, she feels like she has Andalite arrogance still. Like, mm-hmm. I know better because I am Hawkbushir. She's like, no, yeah. you're an Andalite who understands yeah. the Hawkbushir better than most, but you can't equivocate your experience with that of Jet. Oh, yeah. Ket, sorry. And the others. Yeah. Because it is different. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find so frustrating about this is because I can't enjoy Axe's very good point because he's just, like the books so often are, entirely disparaging of both the Horpagier and humans, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do get that there's something about being around other Andalites that brings out the worst in Axe. <laughs> uh-huh. Which, you know, we all know people like that, like, oh, I hate who I am when I'm around my family, like, stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. he becomes so hyper-aware of everything that makes him an Andalite. Yeah. Or what he thinks makes him an Andalite. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I I wish... I wish he had made this point in literally any other way. <laughs> uh, Word. It, it it just makes me 
so mad. Uh-huh. Like, especially, like, we've, we've, at this point, we've gotten used to the idea of, like, oh, you're an intelligent person who is capable of lying and manipulating other people, therefore you can't be a hork Like, I get it. That's how we have characterized the hork up until this point. And I hate it with the fiery passion of a thousand suns, but, like, yeah. it, I expect that. It's the follow-up, you're peaceful, moral, courageous, and capable of self-sacrifice. Like, well, fuck that noise. Bitch! No. Yeah, like, no, 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 bad. Like, you could so easily change the wording on this. Like, to say, like, you grew up with Andalite schooling, you mm -hmm. are always going to be different. And there is, the inverse, you can easily go too far the other way, like, to the noble savage bullshit Oh, tribes. yeah, no, yeah. It'd be so easy to swing way too far the other way. Mm-hmm. But, like, acknowledge it just, like, no, you aren't going to be like them, because they wouldn't lie. They don't lie. And maybe, oh, well, they're not intelligent. Like, you wouldn't need to say that, because mm -hmm. every hawk Vajir we've met has been honest. Mm -hmm. In that way, it's like, they are trusting as well. And for all the, it's portrayed like, oh, it's a lack of intelligence. Like, at one point, I was like, like talking to a four-year-old, just like, I don't think you've ever spoken to a four-year-old, quite frankly, because uh, four-year-olds are more talk more in more cohesive sentences than the Hawkbajira granted in these books. Mm -hmm. To be clear, mm -hmm. it's bad. Yeah, it's... it continues to be bad. I'm. I will be angry about the Hawkbajira and their treatment until the day I die. But we got to get back in. There's like, we're mad about this axe. You done fucked up. Um, and it's gross. And yes, that's the kind of bullshit we've seen from Andalites, but that doesn't mean we have to enjoy reading it. Mm -hmm. Um, so Rachel cuts in. Um, it's just like, hey, no, that could have been a human. Then you could have added arrogant and humorless, then Andalite. Um, and then Aldrea laughs, which is, mm -hmm. I love the Aldrea laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's Cassie's laugh, upsetting. And it's just like, yeah, obviously you people humans have spent some time with Andalites. Um yeah. and Axe is just like, and he is looking, and Cassie feels the way he's looking at. He she knows it's Aldrea he's addressing, but he's still looking at her. Mm-hmm. And he just makes it clear, just like, yeah, I want you to be now daughter of Prince Sir. And he just keeps underscoring that yeah. aspect too. Yeah. Um, which makes it because Andalites are very big on lineage and just like you carry your fa family's legacy with you. Mm -hmm. So, but nevertheless, you're just like, yeah, now as soon as we know where those weapons are, this illusion of life will be ended and Cassie will be Cassie. With Cassie alone. Mm hmm. Um, and then Cassie feels the wall go back up between her and Aldrea. Mm -hmm. And we get the line, I had no idea what her true reaction to Axe's question was. I understand why the ceremony of rebirth was performed, she replied neutrally. I understand that the Arnbot brought me here only to use me for this one purpose. I will do what I must. Not the answer I wanted to hear. I will take back control of my speech centres now, I said. Of course. A better answer. 
and if she had given it without hesitation, it would have been better still. Like, those are the little moments that I really Mm -hmm. enjoy in this book. Like, Mm -hmm. Cassie having this awareness, which is why I feel the ending is such a cop-out. Yeah, it's good. And the next chapter delves more into this foreboding that Cassie has, that Aldrea won't give up her body when it comes time to. Um, the next chapter is Rachel and Cassie kind of like walking home through the woods back to Cassie's house. Um, and Rachel, for some reason, is the one who is catching Cass- <laughs> catching Aldrea up on like Cassie's capabilities, which is fucking dumb. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, Cassie's like, yeah, the wolf is my battle morph. And um, Rachel... <laughs> Rachel's like, the wolf has good speed, great ripping abilities with the teeth, terrific endurance, can run all night. Now, if you'd chosen me, Aldrea, you'd have gotten some serious firepower. My African elephant morph, which Cassie also has, it's like 14,000 pounds, not to mention my grizzly bear, which Cassie has a polar bear. Like, <laughs> um, Aldrea's, Aldrea's like, I like this. I like this girl. Um. Uh, and Rachel's just like, why didn't you choose me, though? And Aldrea's like, I don't really remember making a choice. So, uh, who the fuck knows? Um, and Cassie muses on this question. She actually muses on this question for most of the rest of the book. Um, because she doesn't understand why Aldrea would choose her. And at first she's like, maybe it's because uh, she could feel the admiration I have for what she'd done for the hork And it's like, that doesn't really make any sense. Um, and there's some fighting over the ability to speak through Cassie. Um, Aldrea morphs the wolf, takes control of like Cassie's whole body in order to morph. It takes her a while to figure out how to morph. Like Cassie has to try to figure out how to relax and mm-hmm. sort of step back, which seems like the worst possible way to do it, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Why not Aldrea sit and chill and observe how Cassie does it? Yeah. Um, and Cassie hates this feeling of not being in control of the morph. Um, it. Uh, the morphing process is described as a horror movie. Um, like she, she tries to calm herself down by being like, no, I'm just, I'm watching something in the theater. This is fine. Everything's fine. Um, but then Aldrea takes off running and Cassie feels like she's, you know, those of you who have ever been in a car with somebody that you don't trust their driving, uh, understands this feeling of wishing you had the brakes um and there's a moment where it looks like aldrea is going to run into a tree and cassie kind of freaks out a little bit um and cassie does an experiment of trying to wrest control of her body back from aldrea and it doesn't work um and aldrea's like what are you doing and Cassie doesn't want to 
tell Aldrea what she'd been doing because if Aldrea knows that Cassie can't wrest control back of her own goddamn body, that's a bad thing. Um, mm -hmm. And Cassie muses, like, what if the reason why Aldrea chose me is because I will be weak and easy to control? Um, and this is, this is a assumption that Cassie continues to operate under for most of the rest of the book is like, Aldrea chose me because I am weak and she can just overpower me. Um, uh, we cut to the kids talking to Eric about, uh, the chi who will be <laughs> playing them. Uh, just good shit. While this they're the gone. Good shit. I it is, love these chapters. <laughs> I love that Marco wants the chi to who is being him. You're like, my chi. Can, can this chi flirt with the girl I was? <laughs> she thinks I'm, I can't speak when I look at her. She's so pretty. <laughs> um, I do appreciate Eric being like, yeah, okay, it's not like I've got anything else to do but work on your love life. Yeah, the two plays you will also hold down his regular full time job. But hey, <laughs> your love life comes first. <laughs> I, I fucking love Eric the Chief. I love yeah. Eric so much. <laughs> Some bragging on Marco about being uh, from Rachel, like, oh, isn't she going to be disappointed when she dates the real you? <laughs> Um, and we have this wonderful insight from Cassie because Aldrea is like, what the fuck are these children doing? Mm -hmm. um, and Cassie explains that the world's more like a sieve now, but she can get emotions through, if not specific thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and Cassie's like, oh, this is how we blow off steam, you know, dealing with anxiety. And Aldrea's like, you're all such children. And Cassie's like, well, actually, we're not much younger than you and Akami were. I'm just like, I got the strong feeling that she didn't appreciate the comparison. Which <laughs> is like, that's just like big, like, no, like, that's one of those things about being a, a teenager. Like, nobody wants to be made to feel younger than they are because you're so mm -hmm. ready to be an adult. Mm -hmm. and the last thing, I don't compare me to my younger sibling. Please don't. <laughs> I am so much more mature than that. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, we have this moment just like, Eric's like, okay, any other requests? Um, Jake is already clearly thinking about the mission ahead. Cassie's mm -hmm. the one that voices, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this because it could be bad luck, but if we don't come back. And Eric's like, we could stay with your families if you want. And then we get this, like, no, I said quickly, forget it. No, I don't think I want anyone being me permanently. Which is just, there we go. Mm -hmm. You listening now, Drea? <laughs> oh. And Eric nods, like, no, I've lived a long time, a long, long time, seen a lot of death. I've never seen the point in denying it. People die, people grieve. It's better than playing games with it. And he turns to go and Mark just like, oh, hey, Eric, I kind of need a makeup paper on some great figure from American history. It's kind of due day after tomorrow. And then chef's kiss from Eric. How about Franklin Roosevelt? I was the White House butler during his administration. I was the one who came up with the phrase New Deal. Of course, it was during a poker game. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Eric, please continue name dropping famous people from history mm -hmm. every time. Brings mm -hmm. me joy. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. It's so dull. 
<laughs> I do. It's it's so good. Um, I do like this little. You know, it. When I first I was reader, I read this this morning. Uh, I was. I was to me. <laughs> I was in peak procrastination form. Uh, literally, I finished reading the book ten minutes before we were due to record. Um, and so when I read it the first time, I was rushing through, and I didn't really get why this chapter was here because it could very easily have been summarized like we gave the chi instructions and moved on um but i do uh, we i like this insight from eric uh never seen the point in denying death because that's what aldrea is doing during the book mm -hmm. it, that that's what this whole thing is is aldrea has to come to terms with her death and recognize that this isn't her fight anymore yeah. and uh accept that in order to to be able to move on essentially um it is in many respects a ghost story in that way um yeah. but uh yeah I, I i like that that's in here now that i can recognize it for what it is uh, plus, we get just the excellent fucking. It, it's a it's a good comic relief chapter that we needed a moment to breathe. Um, yeah, because a lot of the interactions between Cassie and Aldrea are very weighty. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we cut to the next day, and they're flying out to the Hork-Bajir Valley. Nobody's really talking. Um, and they find, they spot Quaffaginavon, Toby, and the other Hork-Bajir. They land. Uh, the, those that don't have a Hork-Bajir morph acquire Hork-Bajir. Cassie acquires Jerahami. Um, we get a moment of, uh, I press my hands against his leathery chest. Aldrea fought to resist a renewed wave of grief. I couldn't figure out why for a minute. Then I realized that touching Jera must remind her of how it felt to touch Dakami. It was all new to her. A loss that had occurred before I was born had happened to Aldrea just hours before. I couldn't stop thinking of it all as a story. Dakami was history to me. To Aldrea, he was a living, breathing person. Um... I acquired Jarrah's DNA as quickly as possible and slid my hands away. You still really miss him, don't you? I asked Aldrea. He died yesterday, and I was not with him. I did not hold his hand and tell him I loved him. Maybe in reality, but not in my memory, which is all the truth I have. Which is like... Woof. Like, uh, I also do not like Aldrea. Um, she's, uh, just at on a personal level, I would not get along with Altrea. Um, yeah, she's not portrayed to be likable, but she is right. tragic. Yes. Like in the very yes. like def textbook definition of a tragic figure. Yes. And I, I really I feel for her. Yeah. Um, I, I can sympathize very strongly with her grief. Um, it's, it's very well done just this constant because it's not like every single second of the book it's just like it comes in these waves like grief does um, yeah and i think it's it's well done in that way mm -hmm. same as mm. 
I say to undercut the series. <laughs> so what would <laughs> make same? Yeah. Uh, there's. Um, mm-hmm, go on. Uh, they get ready to go, and then there's a moment of all the Horkbajir seeing them off. Um, Quaffigenovan mm. uh, actually thanks the Horkbajir for their DNA. Uh, I will do everything in my power to aid the new colony in banishing the Yurks from your home planet. Believe me or do not, but I tell you that I, the last of the Arn, will atone for the sins of my people. Which is like, it's really refreshing, honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, maybe, because Quaffigenovan is, is portrayed to be not just the last of his kind, but also very old. Um, it is yeah. constantly brought up by Cassie, just like the little things, the exhaustion, the emotion, the grief um, that Quaffigenovan feels being the last of his kind. And it's really, it is really nice, like, to get that recognition, like, in many, Mm. many ways, too little, too late, but to get that recognition of, like, yeah, we done fucked up, uh, you were absolutely right when you told us that ignoring the Yerks would spell our own doom, uh, Mm mm-hmm. And and we we paid that price in spades, and so I'm yeah. I'm trying to atone for that. Yeah, we find out a little, little later in the book, like what happens to the rest of the yarn. Mm-hmm. It ain't great, to no. be clear. Um, but like he like he doesn't have to make this little speech. Nobody is compelling him to do so. Mm-hmm. And also, we get the unfavorable thing about about how probably most of the Hawk Bajir, they didn't really understand mm-hmm. what he was saying. To be fair, of course the Hawk Bajir didn't grasp half this speech, but they caught the tone. I'm like, mm, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. Writing. But he's chosen to say that, and Toby is there, mm-hmm. and the animals. So that there are witnesses to his statement. Mm-hmm. He's not just saying it for the sake of saying it. And that I feel like gives it some i didn't once question that he's i didn't think he's taken that i genuinely think yeah. like yeah nah he is genuine in his desire to atone yeah and to do better by these mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. um and the hork respond to this speech with their battle cry free or dead um and there is just this wonderful moment uh where Cassie feels like tears coming to her eyes and she doesn't know if it's because of her emotions or because of Aldrea's emotions. In that moment, their feelings are almost identical and the two of them in her body look out at the hork and call back the, the free or dead. Um, and I'm really not sure if it was my voice or hers that uttered the hork battle cry, but for that moment, the wall between us was down. Um, and then they kind of pull away from each other, mentally speaking. Uh, but I like that we get that one moment of just, uh, unity. Unity. Yeah. That, uh, and that, that moment of identifying with the hork and the love for the hork um, despite the bullshit just a few lines above. Mm-hmm. And then we're off to space. 
<laughs> um, Quaffin ones like um, they get on the ship and Marco makes a crack about a hot tub because obviously there's an empty drained yerk pool mm-hmm. in the single room. Um, and just like okay, so he's Quaffin is like, yep, I'm driving. We'll get to we'll get to Z space as soon as we leave the atmosphere. I need to prepare to the trip to the arm planet and they're just like oh, for sure planet um <laughs> and they get the good little visual that he struggles it's not comfortable for him to pilot this ship because it's designed for a bajir and a taxon to fly it mm-hmm. um axe comments on the upgrades um compared that we just have we ha- this feels like for all the seriousness of what to this interaction between axe and aldrea is big sibling vibes yes it really is just like they've made some small innovations since they're quite the original and like technology well from from well we all know who gave the yurks the capacity for sea stage travel my father aldrea answered it finally my father prince sir without my father the yurks would have never had the opportunities to spread their evil Without my father, we would not all be risking our lives on this mission. That is the point the Andalite wishes to make. And Cass is like, Aldrea, stop. No one's blaming you. And she just ignores Cass. Like, all this is true. It's also true that my father did what he believed was right. He believed he was helping a worthy race to advance. And they advanced across the whole Bajir, and now the humans. Just like, what he did is not so different from giving these humans the power to morph. And who did that? Eximola, Eskroth, Isthil. I know they could not have developed the technology on their own. It's like, you cannot compare your father to my brother. Oh, but I can. If your brother gave the humans <laughs> the power to morph, that means he gave an inferior species technology. They were incapable of developing themselves. That is all my father did. Um, wait a minute. Are you comparing humans to yurks? Is that what I'm hearing? And Mark is just like, well, we're off to a good start. We haven't even got to the first rest stop and already the kids are fighting in the back seat. <laughs> and I really want to know what Tobias was going to say because he's like, you know, and then Jake's just like, okay, discussion over. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jake busts out the quiet voice. Mm-hmm. A voice so quiet it forces everyone to lean forward. So it's like, that is some good teacher boss yeah. right there. Yeah. And he's laying it out. Look, we're a team. We've got to count on each other. Uh, and this is stressful because there are two people we don't know here, Quaffer Genevon and Aldrea. Uh, and we get this little detail of he shot me slash Aldrea a hard look. And he states, we'll be advised by Quaffer Genevon and Andrea and we'll always listen to Toby, but this is an Animorphs mission. Um, meaning that you are in charge, Aldrea demanded, almost laughing. That's exactly what I mean, Jake said. Uh, and Andrea's pissed at this like there's this resentment, condescension and worry and Cassie points out to her that Jake's led the Animorphs through more missions than Andrea and Dak ever fought mm-hmm. she's a little pissed fairly <laughs> so this is just like and Andrea's like yeah okay Prince Jake uh, I will follow Jake as though he were my prince um Cassie can't tell if she means it. Axe is clearly gonna say something, and Jake's like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just raises mm-hmm. a hand. Um and uh Jake's just like, thank you. It's an honor to have you on the team. And then uh like 
And the, the moment passed, I saw Rachel smirking at me, no, at Aldrea, which I'm sure there. Mm. Eh. Um, and Aldrea's like, oh, so you, you care for this chickens? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like Dak me. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it was a disturbing comparison. Neither Dak nor Aldrea had survived their war. I wish you better luck than we had. Which is a nice, ge- a genuine sentiment mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Because I think it is something about like when you're grieving the, a loss like that, it's just like it's really easy to resent people still having a thing you've lost. Yeah. Uh, I like seeing just like, oh, I see what you have and I hope it lasts. Mm-hmm. I want that for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's nice that we get to have these. This is what makes Aldrea a full character and interesting, even when I would ideally like to smack her. Yeah. Like, cause she has this complex, this nuance to mm-hmm. her. Um, but yeah, Axe opens up the viewing windows so the kids can see Z space. <laughs> um, Cassie's looking around at this weird ass group. Four humans, a red tailed hawk, an Andalite, a hawk, Bajir, an Arn, and Aldrea. Invisible, but there. Uh, and clearly she looks worried because Mark is like, so, Yahtzee? <laughs> Um, I love my son. <laughs> um, but hey, now we get some sad stuff. Yep. Uh, the animals. The sad is here. Yep. The sad is always here. Yep. Uh, it takes them three days in Z space to get to the Hork-Bajir homeworld, and Aldrea is plagued with nightmares. Um, uh, specifically, we get a nightmare of her at her home um in the valley with Dak. Uh he's standing out on a platform um on a tree in a tree. Um and so she kind of goes up to him, embraces him, um and uh Ciro, her son, is also there um in his crib, his cradle, essentially. Uh and she and Doc talk she and Dak talk about uh, uh, their worry for Ciro because the Yerks are closing in on their little area. Um, they're vulnerable. And then, uh, because it's a nightmare, uh, Ciro uh, sits up and speaks, which he shouldn't be able to do. The Yerks will take me. You will not save me. Dak disappears, um, and, uh, Cassie has to wake Aldrea up by basically shoving her own face in some cold water, um, because, uh, Aldrea is, is trapped in a nightmare. Um, a dream of death from a person already dead. Um. And it's just very sad. And she's plagued with these nightmares the whole time. Um, sleeping, uh, Cassie sleeps on the hard, cold deck of the ship, awakened, shaking, sweating, wanting to tear my head open with my bare hands as I felt the awesome grief of her nightmares. Um, but it's also just like super awkward because she's sharing her body with an Andalite and doesn't get 
any privacy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd gotten good at sharing control of speech. I controlled everything else. I'd gotten used to it, but still didn't like it. Um, and then they come out into Hork-Bajir space. Uh, and as soon as they come out, they are uh, basically approached slash attacked by an Andalite fighter. Um, and... This scene is real good. It is. It is extremely good. Um, so like, they're attacked Melinda by this. Metz does a good action scene. There's she a, does. A, one later, and this one are both like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So the the Andalite fighter fires on them. Uh, it eventually takes out one of their engines. Um, and basically they're all arguing like, we we. Do we fire on him? We can't fire on him. One, we can't we can't kill an Andalite just doing his job. Axe straight up says it. He says, I cannot fire on a fellow Andalite who's merely doing his duty. Do not ask me. Um And Rachel's like, Well, there are nine of us in this ship. We can't like that trade doesn't work. We can't just let him kill us. Um uh, Axe does some quick maneuvering of the ship to buy them a little bit of time. Uh, and then, uh, Aldrea steps up to the weapons station because Axe is like, we cannot outmaneuver him. There is no way. Um, and Aldrea's like, I, I can make this shot. Like, I can, I can do this. I can and will fire upon this other Andalite where Axe will not. Um, but they figure out a shot she can take, which will hopefully disable his engines, but not kill him. Mm-hmm. But we'll give them the space to take away. I also appreciate during this great action scene, the ships are rolling around. We get like this fucking comedy of errors <laughs> in the background with Rachel's hair going full Van de Graaff machine briefly. <laughs> and um, Marco doing the anime falling onto Cassie. Uh-huh. And uh, I was just like, shh, don't tell Jake. You know how jealous he is. Which is just, <laughs> yes, good. It's very good. Um, we love we love to see friends teasing friends about being, you know, their respect of others. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an excellent moment where Aldrea is lining up the shot. For initially, she lines it up with the cockpit of the other fighter, and Axe is like, "If you were not in my friend Cassie, my tail blade would be at your throat now. Do not miss." Um, and Aldrea moves the targeting crosshairs to the engine instead of the cockpit of the other fighter. Um, and Cass is like, did she retarget because of Axe's threat or, um, but they, they, they make the shot. The engine, uh, blows apart. Um, and so the Andalite ship is, uh, basically like auxiliary thrusters. Yeah. Not quite dead in the water, but damn near close to it. Um, much slower. Yeah. And the, then they are descended upon by Yerk bug fighters. Um, four of them. And Axe is like, he's regaining control, but he's really slowed down. He will never be able to outrun them. And Marco's like, well, they're not going to, they're not going to attack us. They saw us fire on an Andalite. So we're like, we're, we're golden. And Axe is like, how lucky for us. That warrior has bought us passage. 
Um, Kwafi Jinnavon is like, all right, yeah, let's go. And Jake is like, mm, nah. <laughs> because of course he does. Um, and Jake is like, uh, if we fire on the Yerks, will the Andalite figure it out and join in? And Axe is like, yeah, he fucking will. He's already wondering why we didn't finish him off. Um, and they're between Axe, Aldrea, and Tobias actually has a really good like cut in here as an instinctual flyer. Like if mm. we drift left and do like maneuver in this way, then we get a perfect shot. Um, and they manage it and they destroy three of the four bug fighters. The Andalite goes off after the fourth one. Um, uh, and it works like perfectly. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and Jake is like, all right, all right, good work, everybody. Uh, we may have just alerted the Yerks, made things harder, so take five seconds to celebrate, then get ready to land and be ready for battle morphs if needed. And Aldrea's like, Cassie, I believe I like your boyfriend. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> she uses the word boyfriend. That's not us paraphrasing. Yeah, that's no, that's... The yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut to Aldrea's point of view. They go down to the planet and Aldrea is confronted with the site of the Hork-Bajir world, specifically Dax Valley, her valley, just totally scarred, stripped of its trees. Um, the Yerks have cut into the valley in order to make level spaces, um, and just like, destroyed more than half of the the life that was here um and uh again we are overwhelmed with the sense of grief of like this is something that happened over decades and that aldrea is suddenly confronted with um uh we get a reminder that these trees are fucking huge <laughs> the largest mm -hmm. is over 2000 feet tall um which is incredible um and it, it, it we just get more of this sense of grief from aldrea and not knowing um who she can trust uh she doesn't know the humans um she doesn't trust axe she doesn't trust the arn um she trusts Toby, but like Toby didn't grow up on this planet. She's still very young. Um, uh, she's still a mystery to Aldrea. Um, and so she feels very adrift. Um, and the only thing that she has to hold on to is this sense of revenge and rage that, you know, she's, she's here and like whatever whatever happens she's going to make the yerks pay for doing this to her home um and we cut back to cassie uh quafajinavon goes off to start building his work bajir um they all kind of follow him down into the arn village uh there's some fun little bits here of everyone commenting on the fact that you can see the core of the planet down below them and Cassie's just like please just stop fucking talking 
<laughs> I do love the axe being like, don't worry, you won't die if you uh, hit the lava. The heat will incinerate you before you even get there. <laughs> like, Thanks for the science lesson, axe, about convection. <laughs> um, we see Coffee Genovon's lab uh, where he has kind of pulled together bits and pieces of technology from everywhere um, to, to put it together. Um, and this is where he... we find out what happened to the others, isn't it? Right. Because Toby, Toby says, uh, I've never heard the Yerks using Arn hosts. I understood the Arn spared themselves that by altering their own physiology. And the Arn says, true, Seer, the Yerks did not kill us in pursuit of hosts. It was a game, a sport. My people were exterminated, our culture destroyed because the Yerks enjoyed using us for target practice. Um... Which is something we got a hint of in the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, where we were told that once the Yerks found out they couldn't infest the Arn, they basically just used them as target practice. Um, and yet the Arn continued to ignore Aldrea and Doc's uh, cries for help and assistance, because ah, the Yerks won't do anything with us once they learn they can't infest us. They'll just pass us off as worthless and leave us alone. Sure didn't work out that way, did it, buddy? <laughs> <laughs>